0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
1: Hi, folks, and welcome to Let's Talk Apple, episode 44, the show for April 2017. I'm your host, Bart Buschatz. Joining me today, I have a panel who are small in number, but high in quality. Um, ladies first, I guess. Um, joining us all the way from the west coast of the United States, we have Linda Goucher back with us. Hi, Linda.
0: Hello, Bart. Good to be here. Happy to be here. Happy to be in Silicon Valley. We have sunshine and it's wet. the weather's a little bit too hot, but it will cool
1: off soon. Well, shockingly, I am in Ireland and I can also say we have sunshine. It's quite amazing and i have I have time off work at the same time as sunshine this is This is a strange coincidence. I should buy a lottery ticket or something.
0: <laughs> there you go
1: I hope also bathing in sunshine from the other side of the Irish Sea, I should be joined by Gazmaz from the mymac podcast Hi, Gaz. hello uh no sunshine at this present point in time, but for the last oh, no. few days we
2: ha- we have had some good weather, so it is it's got a bit cold though. But uh, during
1: the day, that's fine. We we don't mind cold. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's actually. May. <laughs> well, we have, yeah, right. It's a really warm sun and a north wind. So it's an odd yes, combination. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, it's still yeah. pretty.
2: So when those southwesterlies kick back in, we'll be fine.
1: No, then we'll be wet, guys. <laughs> no, you'll be wet. We'll be fine. Oh, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, Ireland is in the way. <laughs> okay, uh, we have a whole month's worth of Apple news to talk about and quite a bit of goings on. Um just going to start by mentioning some ongoing developments in long-running legal cases. Don't really, cannot, uh, don't think we should need to focus on these. But we should just highlight what's happened this month and then move on, because at some stage these stories are going to come to a bigger head. Um, the newest of these mega stories is Apple versus Qualcomm. This is the most recent one to kick off. Uh, This month, or rather last month, in April, Qualcomm filed their reply to Apple's US suit against them. Qualcomm saying, nuh-uh, is basically the short version. They deny Apple's accusations, and they make some accusations of their own, so that'll go to court and do its thing. Meanwhile, Apple have stopped paying patent royalties to Qualcomm. Apple's line is very simple. We We think we owe you this much, you think we owe you that much, we can't agree, so when the judge tells us, we'll pay you. Until then, we won't, which I'm sure is not making Qualcomm very happy. And then yeah. in Apple v. Samsung, um, a U.S. federal appeals court has partially sided with Apple in their appeal against the invalidation of part of some of the patents that Samsung were found guilty of infringing and for which Samsung were ordered to pay Apple damages. So, the, the, the yeah, this case just basically continues. So it's been up as high as the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court decided to... Not so much rule on it as bat it back down to the lower courts and to ask the lower courts to have another go at figuring out how much money Samsung owe Apple. So these the validity of these patents is important because they are part of the calculation of how much Samsung owe Apple. So basically the more of the A lot of the patent was invalidated. Apple appealed. And on appeal, Apple got some of their way. So less of the patent is now invalidated. So that means probably more damages for Apple, blah, 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 blah. This is going to drag on for ages and ages, basically. But that's where we stand in those two big legal cases. And now we can move on to funner news.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I would like to make one comment about the Qualcomm thing. Uh, Qualcomm's business model has been based on some of the items that are under dispute. And so for them, it is truly a big deal. It's not just a matter of getting Apple to pay X dollars. It, it mm. could be um, an existential matter for them. Um, so, and I, I agree with you 100%. It's going to drag on and on and on. But it's it's a big deal for for both companies, but especially yeah. for Qualcomm. And uh, it's going to be. I'm gonna say it's gonna be interesting to watch, although obviously <laughs> when no. you get too much into the weeds, it's not so interesting.
1: Yeah. So Well it's also it's not just, I guess, it's not just Apple who have a vested interest in, in this, because everyone else who buys chips off Qualcomm, which is an awful lot of people, because they own standards essential patents.
0: Right. Exactly. And so and so that's hence my point that, yeah, if if Apple manages to get uh get the way they have been doing the way Qualcomm has been doing business, if that mm. becomes valid from a legal standpoint, it's really a big deal for them.
1: And so worse it still if it becomes yeah. invalid.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's we'll see. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a big case. And there's also governments involved as well. So there's regulatory agencies given Qualcomm hell in various countries. There's court cases in various countries. This is like a, a multinational attack on a multinational. It, it's a big deal. Right, right. Okay, so a new segment I've started doing of late, Um, comings and goings. So you always hear these independent sort of news headlines. Ooh, so-and-so has left Apple and so-and-so has joined Apple. And you, I, I find myself wondering, is there a brain drain at Apple? Or is this just a normal coming and going? And therefore, I started to track these stories and put them together every month so that we can get a sort of a a bigger picture view. And the conclusion I've been coming to since we started doing this is that it's just a normal ebb and flow. There's no massive brain drain out of Apple. And in fact, if you take this month's news in isolation, it looks like the opposite of a brain drain, some sort of brain suck. Um, (laughs) Because Apple have hired in a bunch of really quite impressive people. We have um, two... Mapping-related engineers from Google. Uh, John Fenwick, who was previously head of Google's Spacecraft Operations, which I'm assuming is satellites what take pictures for Google Earth, but that's still a cool title, Spacecraft Operations. And yeah. uh, Michael Trella, head of Google Satellite Engineering. So that's interesting. Um, one, one would almost think Apple is thinking of flying some spaceships. Um, but whatever it is, it's certainly mapping-related. Apple also hired Tim Dashwood, who is a, an award winning cinematographer and the creator of VR and 3D plugins for Final Cut Pro 10. Uh, so, Apple have hired Tim Dashwood, and his plugins are now free, which is kind of nice. Um, and obviously, the fact that there's VR and that kind of stuff makes you think that this is something that you would Apple's play into VR AOR or something like that. So, that's an interesting hire. And then they also hired an AOR and or expert called Jeff Norris, away from a little organization people may have heard of called NASA. So I, I, mm. that's some interesting hires.
2: Yeah, what, one thing I was thinking about when I was reading about these, but is it, Apple don't just hire these people. Mm-hmm. These people have got to want to go to Apple as well, because especially, yes. you know, you're leaving NASA. For for, right, yeah, that's,
1: you're not going to do that for... Uh, You know, uh, uh, yeah, they must have said, come here and do something cool. Yeah. Or he would have said, I'm at NASA, I'm doing cool already.
2: Now, we don't know, obviously, how long he's been at NASA, and he may feel that he's being restricted in what he does. Sorry, how many was that?
1: 18, I believe.
2: 18. So he might be thinking, you know, time for a change, time for a a fresh challenge, because the one thing that also occurs with this process is – they may also say to these guys, look, your expertise is in this area, but we think with a little bit of tweaking, would you like to do this expertise, which could be something completely different and throws us off on a complete tangent, which we're pretty good at over at the MyMac podcast. But actually it could be, you know, we're thinking that it's directly related to the roles that they're doing at the moment, which of course it may not be. It's likely to be, but it may not be. Um, Certainly with a NASA guy being there 18 years, and then moving over it it could be you know fresh start fresh uh experience and and, and fresh challenge um well, but it but but they certainly they certainly have got to be excited so, so that they have told these guys we want you to come and do x um and they've obviously enticed them away from where they are at the moment
0: with um nasa though there may be something having to do with the change in administration and the change in you know there may be less emphasis around science, et cetera, et cetera. There's some people who think so um sure. so that that could be part of it and then the other thing is that and I don't know about NASA specifically, but I know typically government jobs don't pay all that well, and if you go into private industry you're you're much better off financially speaking. So yes. there may b- both of those may also be a factor in his leaving yes. NASA.
1: But I yeah, still think it's f- fair to assume that Apple have given have offered something interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: equally to Tim Dashwood for him, you know, to be. I assume that was his, his, He was doing his own business with these 3d plugins. And he is obviously a cinematographer as well. Um, But again, they must've, they must've enticed him because obviously they want those free plugins, which they now put out, which is big kudos for everybody. And you know, everybody's jumping up and down there. Great. Except those people have recently bought them and perhaps can't get a a refund. But actually they're not just going to entice him over uh, someone who's, Uh, very much their own boss Um, Mm -hmm. unless unless again there's something quite exciting going on which they don't feel that they can accomplish either elsewhere or on their own so i i think it's exciting and you know good stuff so
1: yeah certainly this this month's crop of hires makes me go okay there is cool stuff happening over there in cupertino inside that spaceship it's it's
0: intriguing. It's you know it's like, "Huh, what could they be doing?" It's it's yeah. almost like analyzing. It's like so it it is very interesting this this batch.
1: Okay, well with that, let's move into our main stories of the week. Uh we have four of them. Uh we'll start with the uh the most headline grabbing one I suppose, which is of course that Apple have announced their Q2 earnings for 2017 because Apple's calendar is different to most people's calendars. So they're First quarters is the lead up to the holidays of the year before, so their first quarter of 2017 starts in 2016. So their second quarter of 2017 is early 2017, not mid 2017. Anyway, they, they they have announced their results. Um, I just I figure the easiest thing to do is just I've linked in the show notes to the summary spreadsheet Apple put out about this, uh, so I'll just quickly go through some of the numbers to set our um expectations, I guess. Um. Total revenue for Q2 in 2017, uh, which is revenue in millions, which is 78,000, which is actually 78 billion, because that's what a thousand million is. Um, Sorry, it's, not, it's 52.89, yeah. so basically 53 billion, which is up from 50 billion the same quarter a year ago. But of course, it's down from the previous single quarter because the previous single quarter is Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving and all that kind of stuff. Which is why q one is seventy eight billion dollars so fifty two billion is still up from the previous year um by five percent uh, probably more interesting is uh your various units and things so units are done in thousands so fifty thousand thousand is fifty million iphones fifty point seven six million iphones uh almost 9 million iPads, uh, a little over 4 million Macs, and then in services, they obviously don't give us um, numbers, because that doesn't make any sense. They only give us revenue, and revenue is in in millions, so that's 7,000 million, so 7 billion in services revenue, and nearly 3 billion in other product revenue. Um... Year-over-year change, basically, iPhone is about the same, Uh, 1% 1 down in units, 1% up in revenue, Uh, iPad is down 12%, Mac is up 14%, service is up 18%, and other up a whopping 31%. So, that is the 20,000-foot view, um... Linda, given that this is your area of expertise, do you, do you want to give your initial impressions of of the overall announcements? Just sort of the put into context for us, I guess.
0: Okay. Um.
1: <laughs> well, I it started with so. good, bad, medium, I guess. Even if we start well, at that level,
0: it, I, I'll, no, I I'll, I'll go higher even than that. It's bottom line is this is I'm I'm going to overstate it. Bottom line okay. is none of this really matters. And okay. the, the, reason, the reason that I say that is because the overall context with respect to Apple in the financial world right now is everyone is looking forward to this expected, quote, super cycle, unquote. Um, yeah. In general, in general, if a company, any company, when they report earnings, if their results aren't that great but their guidance is good, the stock will go up because right. – Wall Street is a, is I say Wall Street, but the financial markets across the world are forward looking. Um, they're 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 focused on whatever's going forward, usually six months mm. to a year. Whatever they're expecting six months to a year, and that's what that what they buy a stock on. They say, what is the stock going to do in the next six months to a year? So, um, and there is so much energy around uh, what is expected uh, for Apple for this 10, 10th anniversary iPhone. That this it, now had this been really remarkable, had it been way down or way up, that would move the uh, move the needle. Mm-hmm. But with this, is like yeah, it's fine. You know, it doesn't move the needle that much.
1: So and they met uh, their own expectations, I presume.
0: Right. Sorry, they met they their own did. guidance correct uh but they did not meet um uh, wall street's guidance and it it often doesn't matter and in this particular case
1: it does not matter uh, did and they miss did they miss wall street's guidance by much
0: not not that much not it no and i can't give you an exact number cuz i don't have those figures in front of me but it just it wasn't um it, they were off by a little bit in terms of iphone expectations and that's one that um uh, that's the number that gets the most focus. Um, all that said, the stock was down in after hours last night after the report, uh, roughly 2%, maybe a little bit more than that. And right now, from yes, also from yesterday's close, it's down 49 cents, 48 cents as I'm sitting here watching the, the ticker move. So less than a third of a percent. So
1: Okay, so is, that's a, w- a is, wobble.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, I th-
2: and I think I think that wobble comes from uh, the reduction in China more than anything, doesn't it? That, that's I, th- I think a little bit of a surprise for for some of the analysts. They were uh,
0: hoping well, that. I, I, I think this degree of wobble you can't really t- tell. Well, I mean, and and I would say generally you don't you don't know why it would wobble at all. It could be just the. I mean, the general market as a whole. Let's take a quick look. Um yeah, the S and P generally is down uh, nearly three percent and Apple is down nearly three percent. Um so Right.
1: So it's just basically it could, market reform.
0: Yeah. So it could be, you know, because there's because the North Korean leader said something and you know, or or they're worried about the election in France or you know, it could be you know, yeah. who knows? Um so so unlikely that it's that it's the Ch- and the China thing, they seem to um listening to the earnings call on the focus on China and you <clears throat> may not remember this because you probably don't follow it that closely but one of the really big investors Carl Icahn sold his shares um I don't know maybe 6 8 months ago because he saw China not growing the way he had expected mm. and um uh, so that so he was very pessimistic then so they've been pessimistic about china china hasn't been growing uh for i think maybe 6 months or maybe longer maybe a year um so but in the conference, in the call uh when tim was asked about china he said it has gotten better over the last two quarters so so i don't think it's china per se and so there was a lot of good news in the call and there was a lot of um kind of yeah, News, but I think the focus, all the eyes, are on this upcoming quarter, or this. Yeah. I shouldn't say this upcoming quarter. This upcoming uh, iPhone release, which
1: is, the, which is basically two quarters from now.
0: Corrected. Well, yeah. Depending,
1: Depending on the, when it the releases press... and which yeah. rumor is correct. Just, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, it, yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. Um, that could that could actually give them quite a big hit um, if they don't release it when people are thinking it's going to be released. I assume.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it, I would say, um, and I was talking to somebody this morning. Uh, the pressure is on Apple now to perform to meet yep. the expectations around this particular
1: cycle. Yeah. But these pressures, so, like all of this talk about the, the the next iPhone, the next iPhone, the next iPhone, that must be driving current iPhone sales down.
0: Yes, and that was acknowledged. Actually, that for the first time that I ever remember um Tim said that iPhone sales current iPhone sales may be a little light because there's so much focus. And he said that in the call.
1: So, the so fact that, that was they, kind of they they held their own. Basically, they didn't grow or shrink in any real significant way since this time last year. It's probably no bad thing when you have this super cycle looming on the horizon like God knows what.
0: Right. And the other the other uh comparison is because last year's was the six S, which didn't do all that well as an iPhone, as a model. Um you may remember they had an inventory reduction. You may or may not remember, but yes. they had an inventory reduction. So 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 the comparison in a way it's an easier comparison and the seven and the seven plus the seven plus has done really well, better than they expected. And there was discussion of that on the call as well. Um so so yeah. It yeah. Gap.
1: Tim basically said that they their algorithms guessed wrong as to what the ratio would be between seven and seven plus, and they ended up having to retool, and they weren't quick enough about it.
2: Yeah, you yeah. can
1: You can tell that from the
2: figures. I didn't listen to the call, but the units are down, but the revenue is up, which means they sold a more expensive product. So.
1: Yeah, which is exactly. plus model. Yeah. Um, the Mac numbers are interesting. They're up oh, quite substantially. So. Whatever the the Uber nerds thought of the new Mac Pro MacBook Pros, it would appear that the people what buy laptops quite like them.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, the, the yes, absolutely, I agree with that. And that seems to be, I mean, everybody that I know and that I've heard about who has bought one of the ones with the touch bar, mm-hmm. they love it. It, they're very happy with it, so it's one of those cases again where it's like you know people gripe and then and then on the other hand the the actual customers who are putting down their dollars or euros or whatever
1: yeah, uh, they're, yeah. they're happy <laughs> so yeah which that's is what, what really matters I guess. Yeah. Um, iPad numbers continue to do the opposite of grow. <laughs> now they're not insignificant, right? I mean, yes, it's down. Uh, what was it, twelve or thirteen percent? But it's still, you know, high single digit millions of devices in a quarter. So they're not, it's not like the iPad has fallen off a cliff. It's just not doing that growing thing everyone keeps expecting it to.
0: Right. I I get the impression, I mean, it seems to me that what happened there with the big story in terms of the iPad is that um, when it was first introduced, People thought it would take off the same way the iPhone did, mm. and it's not that kind of a product. It's just – I mean it's not – the replacement cycle is much longer, um, and people use it differently, et cetera. So it's not it, – it did not do what I think it was expected. Um, it, it seems to me – I mean Tim, listening to him on a number of different calls, he seems to uh, – he, he, first of all, he holds his faith in the product itself which and, is
1: good to hear because I I adore my iPad so I would be very very sad if Apple lost faith in it.
0: Yeah. 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 So I don't I don't think it's it's definitely not going anywhere. Um and there was emphasis on the call this time also about uh the corporate market. There was a good bit of emphasis on that and I expect my my own hypothesis for what it might be worth, which may be nothing, but my own hypothesis would be that Apple is looking to um, the corporate world, the the business and government sales of oh. iPad to to bring the product back up again. But we'll see. Well, on you know, education, in- I think. Yes, and educate. Right, good point.
1: Um, uh, like they're they have put a lot of work into their schools um, product um, schools at apple.com. And that that portal is very well polished. I got to, I work in education, so I got to see it in action. Right. It's really quite impressive, and they have multi-user iPads rolled out to education before they have that rolled out to anyone else, including corporate or us regular plebs. They have multi-user iPads today, and in fact, have had them for a few months now, and they work really well. So it's it's mm. interesting the effort they have put in there. And it doesn't tend to get a lot of headlines on tech websites. But in terms of the practicalities of running a school, Apple have really put some nice tools in the hands of educators.
0: That's yeah, that's good to know, because I just heard like within the last two or three days on another podcast where they were saying they were t- talking about I guess Microsoft has come out with a new product mm. for education in in an attempt to compete with Chromebooks, and the comment was made, well, Apple's done really well, but they don't have multiple user iPads, yes, so they do. <laughs> and you're telling me no, that person was inaccurate. that person <laughs> okay. was just
1: flat out wrong if you if you sign up to Apple's schools program at schools at apple dot com you absolutely have multi-user iPads and you have really nice management of users. So you can basically, any student picks up any iPad, they log into it and all, everything you provision for them will just magically follow them to that iPad. Ah, Very good. You have okay. managed Apple IDs, which are entirely managed and you can delegate it out. So your institution signs up to schools at and then your institution has to prove it is who they say they are. Uh, so there's a bit of – like when you're setting up for a developer license, you have a few hoops to jump through to prove that you really – that the person setting up the account is genuinely with the educational institution they're setting it up on behalf of, which is, again, no That's bad right. thing. And then That's once you thing. once you have a sort of a, a, an institution-level administrator, you define units within the product. So you basically say that there is, a, say, a school of business and a school of languages and whatever – you define these units, and then within those units, you assign different types of administrators. So this person's allowed to administer the hardware. This person's allowed to administer the user accounts. This person's allowed to buy software. This, you know, and you give out these rights, and then you actually you end up with the so the, the portal even ties in, and you have multiple choices of of MDM, mobile device management infrastructure. So you can choose to use Microsoft products to physically manage the hardware or other people's products. And so you can provision the iPads. The iPads become locked to your education institution, which means they cannot be, if they're stolen, they can't ever be used. They are locked mm-hmm. to your education institution. Okay. also means that the kids, no matter how enterprising they get, even if they completely restore the iPads to factory settings, they cannot get the restrictions off those iPads. They cannot get around the educational restrictions. It, it's, but, but, a, it's a very nice system.
2: Back, back okay. to your earlier point, Bart, I don't mm. think they're going to give up on a product which is a 17 to 18 billion pound or billion dollar revenue a year. Right. Uh, and and right. also, it's getting those kids using their OS and using their devices early on at school. So that's the future for them. So, um, no, I agree with you. I'd be very disappointed because I, I think most people who've got an iPad love their iPad. Yeah. Um, and it would be very disappointing for them to go away. But I, I, I think it's too big a key yeah, for them to to even think about giving up. Yeah. Um, and it,
1: I, I just think call, it's of... on the call. Apple stressed that uh, the iPad remains the world's most popular tablet, mm-hmm. and the right. satisfaction rating for the iPad remains at ninety-five to one hundred percent. Yeah. So which which, were, which echoes that... what you were saying, Gaz. If you have them, you love them. They won't be giving up on that just yet. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, the other interesting thing to me is that although Apple haven't broken out the Apple Watch and so forth into its own category, they, we do still have this other category, which effectively contains three products, three big products. Technically, whatever remnant there is with the iPod is still in there, but that is that is a rounding error by now. It contains the Apple Watch, It contains the AirPods and it contains the Beats headphones. And it's growing like gangbusters. It is... It's growing very fast. And Apple were very keen to point out uh, some new research which was done on satisfaction rates for for AirPods. And they are running at a whopping 98% satisfaction rating. And also there's a rating used to measure how likely you are to recommend a product to your friends and family, and it's completely off the charts in that rating and that scale as well. So It it seems to be another one of these products that if you have it, you love it, and Apple can't make them fast enough is also interesting. It, I, I, like everybody,
2: we would love to see those numbers behind that, wouldn't we?
1: We would, and I'm <laughs> sure all Apple's competitors would too. Which is one of One of the reasons they're keeping them to themselves. I'm sure they have other reasons too, but I'm sure that feeds into it. Of course it does. Um, another interesting number, which I've thrown into the show notes here because I couldn't really think of a better place to put it, is that these numbers would imply that Apple Watch is doing well. Um, you don't get 31% growth in that uh, section without if the Apple Watch is tanking. I mean, no matter how good an AirPod is, and no matter how good Beats are, they can you can have 31% growth if one of the big products in there is completely tanking. So the, the, the watch must be doing fine. Whether it's doing great or fine, huh? but it's got to be doing fine, and that's despite the fact that a whole bunch of major apps removed their Apple Watch support and nobody actually noticed for days. Yeah. So, and this to me is—I'm not even slightly surprised. So, I—I I am an Apple Watch user. And I absolutely adore my Apple Watch. I'm on my second one now. Um, I I upgraded to the second gen because I wanted a waterproof one because I live in Ireland. And I would not be without the thing. It's the first thing they want my wrist in the morning and the last thing to come off in the evenings. Uh, I am completely in love with this device. I do not run any third-party apps. And I have no interest (laughs) in running third-party apps. The watch works great without third-party apps. Everyone wanted the watch to be an app platform but you know something it doesn't have to be an app platform and it's just yeah that's not what makes the watch great and so yeah the apps aren't selling great on the watch doesn't matter that's not the watch's strong point
0: Mm. i am also an uh, apple watch owner although i still have um, my first one hoping hoping they'll come out with one in the fall that i can buy because i'm would love to have a new one, uh, but um, I, and I'm like you, Bart. I also don't use any third-party apps. But I, I, I wonder. I mean, I'm sort of surprised. I'm, I'm not surprised that well, eBay, I guess would it was eBay, um, Google Maps, and Amazon was that the third one?
1: I think it was. Let me just click on the show notes here. eBay. And uh, Amazon, eBay, and Google Maps. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm sort of surprised that Google Maps because I do use, um, you know, I use Apple Maps, and I do get the directions on my wrist, which is very helpful when you're uh, when you're oh, driving. It's and you extremely
1: helpful that it's you know so many taps for left and so many taps for right. You don't have to look at your watch. That is superb when you're driving in heavy traffic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And and uh, so I'm sort of surprised. I mean, you would think there would be enough people out there using Google Maps because Google Maps is so popular. But um, maybe most, I, I don't know. I mean, that's that one sort of surprises me. Mm. And eBay also uh, surprises me in a way because it would be, although maybe you can still get notifications. Yeah, I don't I see don't all do the notifications
1: either. still come through. That's the thing. I mean, not, everything that goes to notification center can come to your watch if you want it to. And that's what right, most right. people want from most apps. So you don't need an app to get notifications. And really, notifications is, is is the killer feature. Right.
0: I still think, I mean, there's just part of me that is this little inkling in the back of my head that says there will be somebody, some really innovative, creative um, app developer that's going to come up with something that will work really well on this watch. They just haven't done it yet. Um, maybe that's, you know.
1: I saw a trend when the Watch came out where everyone released an app for the Watch so that they could say in their release notes that they had done so. They weren't right. doing anything compelling. They, it was just a bullet point to be filled and everyone was filling the bullet point. And so to me, this is the the winding down of that anomaly. These apps yeah. didn't, the, 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 These apps never needed a Watch app. And now they don't have one. Now the Maps one is, is, is surprising. I, I'll definitely grant you that. But the eBay and Amazon and stuff, they just need the notifications from their regular app. And that's all they need. Yeah. And that's now what they have. So to, to me, this is just the unwinding of a silly trend where everyone did a Me Too Apple Watch app. And they were just pointless. I don't think people used them. And that's why they're going away. And Well, they, people couldn't have been using them heavily because they went away and the Internet did not explode. Nobody noticed.
0: <laughs> yes, that's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good. Good point.
1: And then the other thing that Apple were keen to mention about this whole section <laughs> is that taken together, this MISC or other category of Apple products is on its own a Fortune 500 company in terms of size. <laughs> yeah. So again, yeah. not collapsing. All right. Uh, I, I, I should draw attention in the show notes to a link I put in to a summary of the call from the people at iMore. It's just such a nicely written summary that I, I just want to give them a heads up. And if you want to get through sort of the really quick and easy read of what's going on, then I would definitely say read this one page and you'll get a pretty good big picture view of the earnings call. Uh, one last thing actually I wanted to talk to you about particularly, Linda, is the Apple's continued commitment to returning capital to their investors. So is this part of Apple continuing to, to transition from a growth stock to a more traditional uh, what's the name you give for a, for a stock that returns dividends instead of just growing like bejesus?
0: Oh, yeah, my mind went off on another thing here. Um, sorry. Um, value stock. Just That's a, the one. Just a value stock. It's either growth or value. Yeah, typically. Um, my opinion about mm-hmm. that is that Apple, from the inside, does not... Um, uh, doesn't think much of those categories, and that they have every intention to both keep growing and return dollars to the shareholders, okay. um, be it in share buybacks and/or dividends. Um, Apple has more cash than they need right now, hmm. and the stock has been—you uh, know—they don't—they don't have a need to invest a quarter of a trillion dollars as has um mac os ken or ken ray points out um so so they don't need that that amount of cash to reinvest into anything uh any future product mm. so so what they're doing is they are returning to shareholders the stock has also been traditionally at, with say within the last four years four or five years has been really undervalued by the market mm. so what happened Doing when they're doing the share buybacks is they're taking those shares out of the of the pool. There's not enough demand for them uh, in in Apple's view, and this is this is Linda hypothesizing about mm-hmm. Apple's view. It's not that not that Tim has called me up and given me his his perspective.
1: <laughs> oh, but so, does he to, ring you every week? <laughs> just to be really
0: clear, um, but yeah, I don't I don't think Apple gives a, a darn a hoot about the. Um, Uh, the categories of growth Mm. and value. I think they intend on being both. Uh, They're just not going to fit into that uh, categorization that that the financial markets like so much.
1: Okay, well, to me, it does still seem like a company growing up a bit when they start to give money back to shareholders directly. It it seems like something that a, a bouncing startup would never do.
0: Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. Because it, because a bouncing startup, generally speaking, cannot afford to do that, and Apple is mature enough. So yeah, on that, you're absolutely right. Absolutely correct. Uh, however, um, I, I, at one point, and this seems to have gone away, but maybe a year or two ago, there was a lot of talk about, quote, the law of large numbers and how Apple couldn't grow anymore. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a bunch of hooey. I think Apple's view is that's a bunch of hooey. So –
2: with, with reference to the dividend givebacks as well, that was something that Steve Jobs never liked, did he? As well, I don't think he was. Uh, in I think favor he saw it that, as but... his money. <laughs> I yeah, well, I, of giving it, it away. may have also been from where he came from and where the yeah. company came from. You know, let, let's true. get it, let's get ourselves into a really decent position before we start giving those those lions at the door any and any of their money back.
1: <laughs> and the thing is, we'll never know what how Steve would have matured with the company. No. Because no. unfortunately, he's no. now been gone for over can, five years. Can I
2: also can I also pick up on one thing that yeah. um, that Linda said when she said they've got enough cash, uh, you know, more than enough cash to uh, to do their investments. Yeah, we just it has been touted about that they've actually got more cash reserves than both the UK and Canada combined. Apparently,
1: okay. as in the countries. As
2: in the countries, yes. yes. Yeah. And I, I vaguely remember that we were once fourth largest economy in the world. So, um, who voted for Tim Cook? That's what I want to say. <laughs> Ask. Which, which which country is he actually in charge of? Incredible, uh, uh, absolutely yeah. incredible. I think Linda, these, you- these yeah. numbers, these numbers just they you, I you can't <laughs> get your head around them, can you? Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a phenomenal and that I think that's part of the problem in a way. It's so over it's it's like you're looking at the bright white light of the sun, you know, this yes. you can't do yes. any you make a comparison here. So um there was one other comment I was gonna make. Um nah, it doesn't it's temporarily gone anyway. It'll come well, back. If
1: it comes back he by all means pipe up. Um, just yeah. uh, some, some facts and figures. So Apple have extended their program for capital return to March 2019, at least. So that's another few years of stability, I guess, to to investors basically saying, we're going to keep handing out cash until at least March of 2019. And that may well get extended between then and now, as it has done in the past. Um, yeah, uh, services also continuing to grow massively. Um well, Apple drew attention to a few numbers. A uh, 26% increase in the number of developer, of the number of app developers registered with Apple. Um, and also, Apple Pay transactions are up by 450% in Japan, which is kind of impressive. Oh, sorry, they're up by 450% in total. And in Japan, more than 5,000 transit users use Apple Pay to pay for their fares every single day or something like that. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh and during the Super Bowl, Apple managed to shift 183,000 iMessages a second, which is scale. That, that's working at scale. I'm kind of impressed by that.
0: Right. That's that's good because there's been so many dings about Apple not being able to handle services.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: You know, the old dot .Mac days and all that. So, so it's really good when they, at those points, kind of counter uh, the old thing about, well, Apple can't do services. Well, yes, they can.
1: Yeah, so. that's that's that. I mean, as as a computer scientist, that's like, okay, <laughs> you guys have got some good stuff together there. Okay, um, well, that was that was everything I had in my notes for highlighting in the earnings call. Um, unless either of you guys want to chime in with something else, I'm going to move us on to big story number two, which okay. is Earth Day 2017 Apple really seem to have taken this seriously in my mind, which is why I think it's worthy of making it into a main story. So all in and around Earth Day, Apple published their 2017 Environmental Responsibility Report. Basically, Apple is reducing their carbon footprint and they consider their supplier's carbon footprint a part of their carbon footprint, which is an interesting point because you will often hear sceptics say, well, it's very easy for Apple to reduce their carbon footprint. I mean, they outsource everything. But if you consider the outsourcing part of your own footprint, then you can't just let you can't just dismiss Apple's efforts so easily. So it's an important point to make that Apple considers their supply chain part of their footprint and they're working to reduce their entire footprint, be it made by Apple people or people with name badges from other companies, which is I think a good way to look at these things uh probably the biggest thing they announced though is the goal of moving to closed loop manufacturing. So they basically want to get to a point where they don't have to mine anything to make iPhones. They simply recycle iPhones into iPhones and then forevermore make iPhones. Or, well, I mean, a slightly bigger picture than that. But basically, no one should have to dig a hole in the ground for Apple to make their product in the future Apple envisage. They admit that they don't know how to achieve that, but they have some ideas for moving in that direction. And one would imagine that they're not going to get to 100% on this for some time. But even if they get to the point where 90% of what they need is not coming out of a hole in the ground, and then maybe 98%, 99%, even if they never make it to 100%, just for a company the size of Apple, to maximize the amount of stuff they build without having to, you know, dig it up from the ground is, I think, a, a major step forward. And then they also went in a bit of a PR blitz around Earth Day, Uh, with a a collection of really quite interesting videos in the sense that I haven't seen Apple release videos in this style before. And they feature people within Apple who are real human beings. They're they're drawn as cartoons, but they're actual Apple employees talking about what they do inside Apple, which is not the kind of thing we're used to seeing. So we have a guy whose job it is to make fake sweat, Um, (laughs) which sounds delightful. Uh, but also, you know, about how solar power is being built in such a way that both the cows get to eat grass and Apple get the solar power, which was an interesting one. Um, so they're linked in the show notes, actually. And I actually would say that they're worth a watch. They're not long, um, but the style is just something I've never seen before from Apple.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then the final part of the PR blitz was that Apple's senior vice president for environment and social issues, Lisa Jackson, who was a former head of the EPA, I believe. EPA yep yeah yep. she did a one hour interview with John Gruber on his talk show podcast, and she was very frank um if you haven't listened to that to that show, I would recommend you do, or there is a transcript available as well. but it was a very revealing interview, and i I thought she was very open um so altogether, Apple definitely seemed to have taken Earth Day seriously, oh yeah, and also you got a little award on your Apple watch if you did your exercise on Earth Day, which I did. Mm-hmm. I got that award me too. So what do people think?
0: Um I, I agree with you about the videos. I thought they were very entertaining and, and short, uh very easy to watch. So they, they did a great job on those, no question. Um yeah, so let me make that and then open up gas. What's your gas?
2: Yeah, I I I watched uh not all of the videos, but some of the videos and it what they were it was definitely a a, a totally different technique to what I've seen before and quite enjoyable. Uh, watching some of those videos the one thing about this is uh, good on apple Uh, what they need to do is to you know make sure they hit this out of the park so that people don't dig holes in it i've already heard one or two holes that people are trying to you know find through this process and saying oh no they're going to be doing it this way they're not doing their you know um their d- manufacturer of the phone i don't know if you remember there was a video of oh, i can't remember the name of the robot that was Liam, dismantling. Liam. yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were talking about that can only do so many phones and some of the scrap metal they're coming is coming from not their phones but other phones and through merchants and i'm thinking okay fine fine but that doesn't but, matter well, Who, no, yeah, who's waste you're
1: recycling well, is well, not no, the point. Yeah,
2: hang on a minute yeah hang on a minute that, that's exactly what i was going to say that <laughs> they're making people talk about it they're making people investigate things which they never used to investigate before. Mm. And if if we can hold them to that higher standard, other companies will have to follow because they do. They follow Apple. And yeah. if if Apple can make sure that they're doing it right, great. And if, if, if that is the ethos of the company, fantastic. I am just concerned when we get to a point when every company is trying to use recycled um, material and all of a sudden <laughs> – uh, there isn't any left. So we'll just start mining again. Um but, but that's no bad place to be, it will, is it Gaz? Well actually what it will it no absolutely. What it will do is is possibly I think what this'll do is drive um companies to produce um materials which are much more eco-friendly which okay. we never thought of before. You know, almost back to wood. It's not quite that that way, but you know, we'd be thinking of much more um uh, Earth friendly products and materials. Which is fantastic. I I you know, tip tip of the hat to Apple. More of it please. Fantastic.
1: I yeah. think the, there's the, plenty
0: of, Go ahead. go ahead. I was just saying, there's plenty of landfills to mine. You know, that's oh. where we need to be doing. Yeah, yeah. More. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where yeah. We yeah great show. Great show. You know? <laughs>
1: that is such great a good show. idea, actually. Yeah. Mine what we've already buried. Yes. Um, Another thing I think is an important point on this is you'll often hear people say, oh, yeah, 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 all this environmental stuff. But, I mean, companies have to make a profit. And when one of the most profitable companies in the world, if not the most profitable company in the world, can develop world-class products, make world-class profits from their world-class products, and do so with basically world – if not world-beating, then certainly world-class environmental policies – that sort of puts a lie to the lazy attitude of, ah, yeah, well, you can either make money or you can be environmentally friendly. Because yeah. Apple are yeah. clearly doing both.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're doing a great job. And, and, and their leadership, I think, is really significant, especially in today's world.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, the third story I have marked here as a main story, because if this is true, and I don't, I, I'm a bit rumor phobic, uh, you may have noticed when I, do, when I do up show notes, it's not the rundown of the rumour du jour. It's a rundown of the news of the month. Uh, but in this case, the reporting seems pretty solid. And if it turns out to be true, it's so significant, I think we, we would be foolish to ignore it. But basically, the reporting is that Apple are moving on to the point of doing trials on an optical-based blood sugar sensor... Yeah which basically means that they would be able to measure your blood d- glucose level without you having to prick a hole in your finger if you need to measure such things, which for anyone with diabetes is such a big deal if Apple can actually pull this off. So if the reporting is true that Apple are moving into, into trials of this, that's a really good step. Now, does it, there's still a, ro- a road to go between trials and it being in your device, but nonetheless, if Apple are, are, if Apple are going down this road and if they're making progress down this road, wow, what a road to be on. And uh, They're certainly not the only people in the world trying to build one of these sensors because it would be life-changing for so many people. And if they can miniaturize it to the point that it just sits in the back of an Apple Watch, then they are on to something spectacular in my book.
2: Yeah, this is a massive marketplace for Apple, I think, in the future. Uh, the health um arena is that is going to be certainly a category in of billions on its own uh in in those uh, those numbers that we were talking about earlier uh and this sort of thing is just again g- g- well done apple more of it please they've got the money to be able to develop it and, and go for it so great do it do it yeah. because i think i think we need this um i it's it's funny a few years ago in fact um how long has the apple watch been out now
1: uh two and a half years ish two and a half or is it three yeah. at this stage
2: might be three now anyway i, I, I earlier in that time i was talking i had to go and see my doctor and i was talking hmm. to him about blood pressure and you know wouldn't it be good to be able to get all these readings from this and he said he looked at me he went no it'll be good when it can tell me you're ill not you know after the effect, you know, or you oh. kind of it's like a pre-warning. He said, "That's what I'm looking forward to." and I thought, yeah, you are looking forward a long way,
1: but I'm not so sure, Gaz, because if if, if your device is doing regular measurement to the point where it has a baseline yep. of
2: yep, this that's is it. Gaz, it's that baseline, yeah absolutely because one of the things that i found going to the doctors I, I get white coat syndrome when i go to the doctors when it comes to blood pressure oh, and i sit oh, yeah. there and i look at them and i say yeah it's going to be high blood pressure and they look at it and say that's rather high i said i'll come back in a week i'll have measured it and it'll be fine um so <laughs> the baseline for me now is when i go to the doctors i'll get high blood pressure <laughs> oh, <laughs> any other time it's fine but you know and it but it's that baseline and if you've got a device which is measuring all these sorts of things then you know you know on a certain day, uh, time of you know, uh, you know, time of day, or you know, certain weeks during the during the year that this might be up, uh, your iron might be low, your hemoglobin might be low after you've given a pie, you know, a, a, a unit of blood. You know, all these sorts of things. Mm. No, you're dead right. It, it's and it's where the future is certainly, and I think it's where there's a lot of money.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, I already am in the regular habit now at the moment it's not all physically built into the Apple Watch but with Apple Health it's actually very easy to collect into one place a pretty holistic picture so I have Bluetooth based um, blood pressure monitor from Withings which I adore Um, and like you I had terrible trouble with white coat syndrome so I would always go into any sort of medical establishment and I would say you're going to tell me my blood pressure is high it's just because you're here. (laughs) And they wouldn't believe me. But the fact that I have my home measuring device and I take regular measurements and they're all stored in my phone. So I just bring up the graph, show it to my doctor. My doctor scans here and goes, oh, actually, no, you're right. They're actually perfectly fine unless I'm here looking at you. Okay, that's good. And also I have um, a, a weighing scale that measures body mass, muscle mass, percentage of fat and all that kind of stuff. And all of that is just written straight back into Apple Health. And so between the workouts being tracked on the watch, the information coming from these third party devices and the calorie tracking, which I'm doing through my iPhone, it all comes together into this one place in Apple Health. And you can just show your doctor that one thing and your doctor has a pretty darn good view. And the more of that that gets collected into the watch and the more of that that gets automated and the more Apple push out their APIs for you sharing that information with your doctor through their uh, research kit and all these other care kit, the other API, I really like the future I can see Apple working towards.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that that makes another thing extremely important to everybody wearing and using Apple devices, and that is the security angle.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because I had yeah. a choice. Right, when I went to buy my devices, I had a choice of buying. Devices that that worked only only with a standalone app that came from the manufacturer, or devices that worked with HealthKit. Three guesses what I chose. HealthKit app. Yeah. It, it was literally, yeah. if if the uh, if the device didn't have as one of its bullet points HealthKit support, I just crossed it off my list and moved on to the next possible candidate device. Yep. Right. What what scale did you end up with, Bart? Uh, I ha it's from Withings. It's the Withings. It's from... Body, I think. So, not the body cardio, which was an extra $50, it's just the body. So, it doesn't measure your heart stuff because I figure I have a blood pressure monitor that gives me that. So, it basically, you have to stand on it barefoot um, and it sends a bit of lecky up one foot and down the other. And it will give you your water percentage, your bone percentage, your fat percentage, and your muscle percentage and your total Interesting. weight. Interesting. Okay.
0: All right. Thanks.
1: Yeah. it's It's really fun because you know the way your weight wobbles around every week? Well, uh-huh. I can now see that it's the water that's wobbling. So, <laughs> unsurprisingly, my bone mass is pretty darn constant, which is a relief. Uh, yeah. My muscle mass is heading up, which is a relief. My fat mass is heading down, which is a relief. And my water mass just wobbles about depending on how much water I've been drinking, which is fine. So, yeah. Brilliant. So as I say, it, it it works and it gives me a bit of peace of mind actually because that one number of weight hides a lot. Yeah. So it, yeah, yeah. So I've really enjoyed actually that scale, and I I got it on Black Friday, so I got it for like seventy nine euro. But normal price is a little over a hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. A- any other thoughts on this health stuff? No. I, I, yeah,
0: I, I'll just mention that 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 kind of thing. It, it, is something that it did not come up at all on the conference call. Mm. But that yeah. refers back to my comment about Apple's not seeing itself as solely a value company. It sees itself as growth as well as value. And right. this is one area where the growth would be. So yeah, enough yeah. said.
1: And the services, they they keep on saying how much their services are growing. And I mean, it's clear that they're, they really want everyone to think of service as a growth industry for Apple. So obviously they are thinking growth. Absolutely. Okay, so the final story I have uh, marked in here for our main stories came in the last minute, but Microsoft had a wee bit of an announcement and they announced two related things. So the first thing they have announced is what they're calling Windows 10 S. And I guess you can choose what you would like the S to stand for. Um, But what it is, is a cut down version of Windows. It's cut down in the sense that it's cheap. And it's designed to run on low-spec hardware. And it's designed to give you very long battery life on that low-spec hardware because one of the things they have done, one of the restrictions they have placed on this OS is that it can only run software that has come through the Windows Store. And so by forcing the apps through the Windows Store and therefore through Microsoft's review and also the Windows Store only supports certain Windows APIs... Microsoft have basically been able to ensure that the apps are energy efficient in certain ways, and therefore they have been able to get their OS to a point where it is offering better battery life than Windows Bloat Edition could possibly offer. Uh, so the, the cut-down is sort of interesting because it's designed for, for cut-down hardware, so it's designed to be cheap hardware, and it's designed to use that cheap hardware efficiently, and it's designed to run everyone through their store. So it's an interesting product. Um Everyone on there, everyone is saying that this is uh, oh Chromebooks, Chromebooks, Chromebooks. This is uh, This is targeting the Chromebooks, which I guess it is to some extent. Uh, but truly, to goodness, this is also a play against iPads and stuff because haven't Apple had a product where the only way to get stuff is from a store where it's really good at using energy efficiency and stuff? Isn't isn't that the iPad? Um, yeah. And also, there is a very, very obvious target towards education, so the S could stand for school. Um, because they are giving away um, a free copy of Minecraft for Education with every one of these Windows licenses. And they've also made a focus, and they made a point of stressing this, that profile creation is very fast. In other words, the first time a student is handed this device, it takes 15 seconds for their profile to get onto the device. Now, 15 seconds isn't nothing. But compared to how Windows normally behaves the first time a person logs on... 15 seconds is pretty darn good, and especially if they can deliver those 15 seconds on low-end hardware. And when I say low-end hardware, they are talking about devices being on sale this summer with a price tag starting at $189, which is Chromebook pricing. Yeah. Right. So that, to me, is all very interesting. It's quite the strategy there from Microsoft. Now, everyone's going on about how this is an attack on Google, but I have to say, to to me, it's, it's also surely a uh, play against the ipad I, right uh, this, i think this is
2: apple uh, sorry microsoft coming back to you know where a lot of people expect them to be yes. um, th- and i think this is great news because it's it's competition again a real mm-hmm. competition uh, and this this hopefully will you know they've had to come out of the game sort out what they're doing, come back into the game with decent products and something which people want. And I think they're starting to hit it out of the park, which means other companies, in particular the one that we're interested in yeah. being Apple, um, are also going to have to start scratching their heads slightly and saying, hmm, we're going to have to leapfrog here, guys, and we might have to take a really big leapfrog. Not just a leapfrog, but you know, we need to get several lanes ahead. So I think that's great.
1: Uh, I've been reading up a fair bit on this because of... Well, I work in education, so obviously education matters to me. Um, wh- the, the couple of interesting points. So one of the things that I don't understand why, it's not, why it doesn't seem to feature more in schools' decisions, but I get the impression that school administrators don't think about this. But if you choose to go the Google route, you are handing over spectacular amounts of your children's privacy to Google. The yep. EFF have been beating on yep. Google for their privacy practices with the Chromebooks for years now. And it just astonishes me how little schools pay attention to that. But now you right. have, in the same marketplace, you have Apple, who have an extremely good record on privacy. And the Apple school stuff, their apple.com completely does things the Apple way. So it's very focused on privacy. You now have Microsoft, who, again, their business model is we will sell you stuff, not we will sell you to people. So you now would appear as a school to have three choices, one of which is a privacy nightmare and two of which are not. I would like to think that's going to feature in, and that's going to be that's going to put pressure on Google to change their approach to these things, and I would like to think that that would be in favour of Microsoft's Windows S and in favour of the iPad. Yeah. And then the other thing I've been reading a lot about is one of the killer features for schools that use iPads is the fact they have really good cameras. So when you read uh... about the lesson plans and stuff, that camera. It just keeps coming up again and again and again in the things that actual schools do with these devices, and if Microsoft's cheap hardware is going to compete it, there's something to be said for that tablet form factor being extremely kid friendly and that good camera on the back being extremely important so we We shall see how how it evolves over time um, but it, I think it's cool that we have three robust platforms in use in education
0: yeah. I agree. This is the, and this is the product I was referring to earlier. Yes. About where the yes, yeah.
1: So yeah, very good. Now they also released some new hardware. Um. So Windows S is their operating system, and they are saying that there will be products available, presumably by third parties, for you know starting at one hundred eighty nine. But Microsoft are also releasing a new laptop of their own. They announced in the same event, which is the the new Surface laptop with a starting price of nine nine nine. And to be frank, it looks bloody gorgeous. They have Ah. done some serious industrial design. Now, they have a video showing its industrial design, and it could easily have one of those Johnny Ive in a White Room voiceovers. I mean, the, the attention to detail is amazing, and the video is beautifully produced. And basically when Microsoft make their own hardware, it's nothing like the cheapo crapo stuff that you tend to think of with, with Windows devices. Like Microsoft surfaces are all really well made and this new Surface laptop is really well made. I mean, it is a beautiful piece of engineering, which again, I like this new Microsoft that Satya Nadella is building up. This is important because Microsoft are now setting, setting a bar to the third party people saying, if you want to do a high-end product, you got to be at least this good right if anyone yeah, has watched haven't... the video by the way it's linked in the show notes in the Mac Observer piece it is beautiful
2: mm-hmm. we haven't okay. heard very much from from Johnny recently um at Apple. i wonder if he's just doing a bit of side work you know
1: i think he might have a spaceship it's taking a lot of his days. yeah um also i really want the burgundy colored one if so if someone's going <laughs> to force me to use a windows laptop i'd like the burgundy colored one of these please Okay. Any other thoughts on on Microsoft's announcements before we we finish up with the main stories?
2: No, I think it's good news. Let's uh, let's have more of the same. I, I, you know, people get uh, <laughs> and it's not a them or us people. No, we all we all have to use both different systems, and it's all integrated. So uh, I think this just takes everybody up to the next level. So I'm ha- I'm happy for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I thankfully don't need to use anyone's hardware with Apple's, but I still benefit from the fact that Microsoft build yep. good hardware because it forces Apple to build better hardware and yep. it right. keep the race going. You know, we win. Uh, in terms of quick stories, um, Apple's car project has become a little bit more visible because under Californian law, if you plan on driving a self-driving... Wait, no. If you plan on releasing a self-driving car onto the public roads and having it drive itself then you need a permit. And if you get a permit, well, then that is public record. Therefore, the public know that you are driving around. So we now know that Apple have, was it three? I think it was three Lexuses that they are now driving around with their self-driving software. They have been seen in the wild. They have a whole batter of sensors on them. And so whatever Apple are up to, they're definitely up to something and it definitely involves cars because they now literally have a permit for it. Um,
2: I, I still think they're looking at a service here. I'd I, I said yeah. that for a long time and a few other podcasters have grabbed onto it. And uh, it's definitely a service. You know, the, you know, we will be buying in not so long uh, a period. Uh, I want to move from this position to this position and I need a vehicle. Right. Just fire up the app. Uh, pull it in. Here comes the car. Takes you there. Just an automated taxi service. so.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm entirely with you. Um, basically, transportation as a service.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, now that doesn't
2: mean that all cars will disappear, but I no. think there's definitely definitely going to be a service out there, All services, because I think a, a few people. This it's not only going to be Apple that does this. yeah no,
1: absolutely. So, well, yeah. Again, it's interesting to see that whatever they're up to, it definitely involves cars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are now <laughs> certain that there are autom- automotive <laughs> devices in Apple's future. Um. Apple have also rolled out some changes to their physical Apple stores. Their focus apparently is on making the stores places where people hang out and they have Today at Apple events. And um, Angela Mm. Ahrens went on a bit of a PR blitz telling people all about how wonderful these stores are and how a little bit of backstory about how herself and Tim Cook sort of decided they could work together. I couldn't find myself interested in this. Possibly because I don't have an Apple store anywhere within the nation I live in. So maybe you guys have more to say on this. (laughs) That's a no from Gaz.
2: They're they're a nice place to visit if you're interested in some of those products. Um, Hanging about in them? Well, I'm going to need coffee. Um, I'm going to need some comfortable seating. I I can't see that. Trendy, I think, is what she's going for here. Angela, you, you need to think about this a little bit more, I think.
1: Okay, so not not yeah. impressed as Gaza's approach. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I would also say uh, the last time I was in our local Apple store, and I was a, a bit rushed on time, but um, I had wanted to try on the AirPods, mm-hmm. and I was not not able to get that done because the store was so crowded. <laughs> um, so, so less so, hanging out would be good. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know how this is going to all play out. I, I I think there's work to be done. Um, I'll I'll agree with that. I think there's work to be done and, and, and we'll see. I mean, I I have not delved deeply into these stories, so I, I I need to look and see what exactly they're going after and, um, and compare it with what we've got going on currently. I mean, I I like having the Apple store. I hope you get some, you get one part, like uh, Apple pay, Apple pay finally came to Ireland. So yeah, not to not to
1: my bank yet, but at least it's in the country now. And my bank has actually actually I phoned my bank, and they said they are negotiating with Apple at the moment, so I, I I'm hopeful.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. So I yeah. So I, that's all I have to say about the whole store. It needs to develop a little bit more before I feel like I can comment on it okay. one way or the other.
1: Um, Apple have extended their repair coverage for swollen batteries on first-generation Apple Watches to three years. So this is not something that happens a lot, but it is something that happens to some people. Basically, the the battery in the original Apple Watch swells up, and you will know it's swollen up because the screen will pop off. Um, so if that happens, you bring the device back to Apple, and they will fix it for you. No questions asked. Um, yeah. So this is a known rare issue and Apple have extended their coverage for it. So that is good news and hopefully it doesn't happen to too many people. Do they, do they know whether this is a certain range of
2: manufactured devices or are they not sure how and when it happens to which devices so they've just extended the warranty to anybody?
1: I think they've just extended it to anybody. Um, some of the podcasts I've been listening to have been sort of trying to put numbers on this and basically if you search the entirety of Apple's forums, I think you find like two instances. Right. Th- this does seem yeah. to be quite the exception rather than the rule. OK, um,
0: now I had I had for what it's worth, I had the screen pop off of mine. And uh, although it, I'm not certain that it was I don't know what caused it, frankly, because sure. I closed it back up again. And then a, a little bit later, it did the same thing. And I said, OK, you're going back. And, yeah. and they they replaced it. So um, for whatever that's worth,
1: it could have been. This issue yeah.
0: It could have been, but it wasn't obviously. So I couldn't like see the battery or tell what the. And when I pushed it back together, it did go back together and stayed for a couple of days until I could get to the store. Okay. So.
1: Okay, well, the point is, the the good point is that they, they sorted you out. and. Absolutely.
0: Shot. Very good. They were very good. Excellent. Yeah, it was one of the good stories.
1: Excellent. Uh, Apple have also made, I, it's strange to see it still referred to as our life, but most of the media did. Uh, So the remainder of iLife, which I believe is just GarageBand at this stage, because the Photos app isn't really counted as that anymore. Um, Anyway, iLife and iWork have now gone completely free. So they were mostly free because anyone who bought an Apple device got the apps for free with the device. But it always made things a bit complicated in the store because unless your Apple ID had a qualifying purchase on it, then you couldn't get the apps for free and it was all a bit confusing. And now it's just straightforward. those apps are free, end of story, no questions asked. Uh, Obviously, it's good that they're free because it's just easier this way. But my only worry is, are Apple still giving them the attention they deserve? And I'm not sure about that. Uh, Another story that caught my eye simply because I just couldn't imagine it happening even not so long ago. An Apple AI expert named Tom Gruber gave a talk at TED 2017 focusing on where Apple basically want AI to go, which is they want AI to improve your life and they want you to have more control over your privacy. Just the fact that Apple have sent an engineer to a conference to give a public talk on AI, I just thought it was worth mentioning because that's that's not how things used to go in Apple five, six no. years ago. No, they're yeah. definitely changing. Yep. And then just to finish on a fun one, the Internet Archive have, thanks to a piece of... Someone basically ported the DOSBox emulator to JavaScript, which means we now have emulations of old OSes in the web browser, and we now have JavaScript emulating classic Mac OS, allowing your web browser on the Internet Archive's website to run Mac, classic macOS apps. So forevermore, these pieces of computer science history are now preserved on the Internet Archive website, which I think is really quite cool. So... Yep. More details linked in the show notes. Yeah. And that's that, that's all the stories I had in mind, folks. Thank you very much for journeying through uh, April of 2017 with me. Um, Let me see. In reverse order, Gaz, would you like to let the dear listeners know where they can find out more about you and the stuff you get up to?
2: Uh, ever so easy you can uh, follow me although I don't post very much on the Twitters twitter.com forward slash gazmaz um, uh, there's also a joint account with my cohort over at my Mac which is uh, guy and gaz G U Y A N D G A Z, and we do a weekly podcast uh, guy and myself guy Searle. um we call ourselves g-men over at the MyMac podcast um it's on the uh, MyMac uh, network as i believe you are
1: Bye. as indeed is the show so people will have heard the jingle before and in a few seconds they'll hear another jingle as i finish up the show thank you guys uh, linda would you like to give out any links to the dear listeners um just on twitter,
0: although like gaz i don 't post very often and pardon me uh l l g four c d g so uh on twitter and that's that 's about it, other than that i'm mostly involved with a lot of mac user group stuff so cool.
1: Okay, Um, you can also find the quick link to Linda and Gaz's contact details if you go to lets-talk.ie and click on the panelist page where you get an alphabetic listing of everyone who's ever been on any panel on any of the shows, uh, with links to their websites and their Twitters and all that kind of stuff, so that's always handy. Uh, while you're over there, there is also on the episode pages for every show, there are five big blue buttons for supporting the show. That's two more than there were last month. Um. Uh, <laughs> So the main, the the single most effective way to support this show has always been and continues to be Patreon. The idea is you pledge a small dollar amount for every show I produce, which is two a month, and then at the end of the month, one uh, one uh, amount of money is taken from your PayPal and everything's put together and one PayPal deposit is made to my PayPal. It's all extremely efficient in terms of PayPal fees, and it literally allows me to do my planning and uh, to pay the bills and to keep the lights on so everyone who supports the show on uh, patreon you guys literally are patrons of the show and without you guys it would not exist so i thank you all very much and you can obviously click on the large blue button if you want to become one of the patrons um i have this mental thing in my head it's approximately what's needed for the show to break even is approximately a hundred dollars a month and there's just something about a hundred dollars it's one of those numbers that's nice and last month's Patreon was ninety-eight eighty eight. So if you could push us over the over that magic one hundred number and have an extra digit appear, it would make me feel good, even if it's only a difference of two dollars from where we are now. It it would somehow be a major mental thing for me if it just broke that three digit numbers. Anyway. Uh thank you to the Patreon supporters. There's also a PayPal button, very straightforward. Click the button, type in an amount, money goes to me. Bear in mind that for small dollar amounts, PayPal will be gone with most of it, so really any less than $5, and what you're basically doing is giving free money to PayPal and not helping yourself or anyone else very much, which is unfortunate, but that's the way these things go. Uh, now, the other, the other thing then is we still have the link to our Zazzle store where you can buy merchandise, which almost no one ever does. I'm getting very tempted to close down the Zazzle store, so unless I hear from someone to say that they actually like it, I think it's going to go away. So what are the other two blue buttons that have come out of nowhere? Well, I need a i need to register domains and i need to host websites that that's sort of what makes this podcast and other things i do online work and therefore to do that i have accounts with two companies one called hover.com we do the main registration and one called digitalocean.com who do hosting um if you use my two referral links to actually buy actual stuff then i will get some money back which will be reduced off my actual bills There's no point in clicking these buttons if you don't actually need hosting or domains because both of these programs work in terms of the person actually has to buy something for anything to happen. So don't just go clicking them for the crack. If you need hosting and you agree with me that Hover are a good company, then please use the referral link on the website because that way I get some benefit from it. If you're looking for good uh, cloud VM hosting because you need it and you agree with me that DigitalOcean offer a good service, then please use my referral link to sign up to DigitalOcean because that way I will get some benefit from it. And in the case of DigitalOcean, so will you. DigitalOcean will also give you a credit because you came through my affiliate link, which is very nice of them. But again, don't go clicking on these buttons just for the crack. They are only helpful if you actually need hosting or domain registration. Okay, so with all that said, thank you to everyone who supports the show, whether you leave reviews on iTunes, whether you just tweet about the show, tell your friends, it's all helpful. It is all appreciated. Again, you'll find the show and detailed show notes over at let's talkie I've been your host, Bart Bouchard. you can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy computing.
0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
2: You're listening to the G-Man. What? When we squirkled it. Well, yeah, we definitely squirkled that. And as it turns out, that's a real word. It is. I'm nodding my head. Ah! Uh-huh. Turn it on and give it a whirl. Now, you know what word I would choose. Yes. A series, squirkle. <laughs> I'm, I'm nodding my head
0: Blowing up in my face each and
2: every week uh, uh, mm. Where you hit the balls up to the top And it ink spurts out And you're supposed to try and get as much of the ink Squirted out from these points On the pinball machine <laughs> <Really well. laughs> uh, I am in such a mood tonight